Why should I practice yoga? Well, after owning a studio for over a decade, practicing for almost two decades, I would say I'm in the business of helping people feel good. So in essence, I sell feel good. How many of us are tired of feeling stressed, no motivation, lack of life purpose, really checked out, running on autopilot, or unhappy with your weight or your movement capabilities, your range of motion, your flexibility, you know, all of these things wrap into a total person's well-being and how you feel. But ultimately, after many years of talking to students, they just they want to feel better. And if I could download everything in my mind and my heart from 20 plus years of this practice, I think most everyone would give yoga a try because it's that profound and life-changing on so many levels. The mind-body connection is unique to yoga that other forms of fitness may or may not incorporate the mind-body connection. I do believe you can bring mindfulness into any form of exercise and into daily living, as simple as being mindful when you fold laundry with your breath and your movements. However, in most mainstream forms of exercise and fitness, we only see the mind-body connection in the internal healing arts, such as martial arts and yoga. It does make it unique because you learn to sync your breath with your movements. Now, why would that create a mind-body awareness? What is that really about according to the teachings? We must first understand the breath is a direct reflection of your mind. Just as the mind influences the breath, the breath reflects the mind. So if we shape our breath consciously, we can shape the mind to a more peaceful, harmonious state. So for instance, let's say you have panic attacks. I had panic and anxiety attacks in my teens. So I grew up with a lot of fear, anxiety, and I also didn't eat very well as a child. I think that played into part of it. I was a really picky eater and just took me till about my teenage years to kind of figure out, you know, I was 15 when I turned down Cokes for the first time. I said, no more Cokes. This processed sugar is not good for me. And the journey began there at 15. That was like my first move of my own individual personal power, I think, that was really strong. But back to the topic, we have to understand when you're having a panic attack, your mind is, is so busy. It's spinning out of control like a tornado. Oftentimes in the text, they'll compare the fluctuations of the mind to like a tornado, a whirlwind a whirling dervish, or a drunken monkey. It spins out of control, so we lack mastery over our mind, and our thoughts kind of run us instead of us taking some space from our thoughts. Well, the breath is our direct correlation to controlling the mind or softening the mind's power over us, establishing harmony. So in yoga, we use a lot of pranayama, we use a lot of breath techniques with paired with the movement of the body, which is like, double the power. So when you learn to inhale your arms to the sky, standing in Tadasana, exhale, fold forward, and you start to create this smooth, even rhythm, the mind begins to calm down. That's why they tell you in the middle of a panic attack to take deep breaths. In essence, 
if you want to shape the mind and lower stress in your nervous system very quick, go straight to pranayama. It will actually work faster than asana. And asana, remember, is our poses, our postures, what we think of yoga as fitness in the world. A powerful statement, and not a lot of people know that little secret when you come to your mat. So it's important you learning this breath-body connection because as the breath and the mind become more congruent and in partnership, then you begin the deeper work of building a relationship to your body and the poses. So that's the, you know, the biggest thing that I see is just a huge benefit in the internal healing arts is that mind-body connection. We know from all the research that yoga can increase muscle tone and strength. It can improve energy and vitality. It can help with rate reduction, increase flexibility, range of motion. It's supportive for our cardiovascular health and can improve athletic performance as well as help in rehab of injuries and chronic illnesses and uh, issues that you're dealing with. I want to speak to the weight reduction. That's a popular one. A lot of people come to yoga for the weight loss. And what is all that really about? Well, I can tell you from my own experience and several students, it's easy to blame yoga when you walk out of a class and you don't feel good. Like you're kind of nauseous or you just, you're not right. And you blame the yoga or you blame the heated class or you blame, I don't know, something you had five minutes before class. There's all these places our mind starts to look to to blame something and why we're not feeling right when, you know, ultimately the goal is to walk out of a yoga class feeling really good. Let me tell you a little secret about yoga. It brings the unconscious to the surface, things that need to be healed in your life, the dark corners of our heart, our dark habits. So I had a student once who was a heavy smoker, kept coming to yoga, kept smoking. And one day he just said, I can't, I can't smoke anymore. I can't. It just, it makes me sick. I don't feel good after I smoke and I started noticing I'm feeling worse in my practice. Well, what's happening is you're leveling up in consciousness. You are pushing yourself to overcome some bad habits and your mind body connection now is kicking in going, oh, this is not good for me. This is not working. And this is why we see the destruction of really bad habits in yoga because you start to have a clear, tangible experience of what's not working for you. And you you can create a discerning mind around that. So you're like, oh, this food, this way, this fried food, this thing I'm doing, too much alcohol at night or whatever your, your vice is, you know, too much coffee, too much caffeine the body will start to tell you. And sometimes it's a little messy when we heal. It's important to remember that healing can be very messy and uncomfortable and that's okay. It's part of the process. So yes, yoga will do that. Uh, you just have a natural way of, of craving more high vibrational foods, like enlivening foods. I remember a story by Indra Devi. There's a great book about her. She was one of the first female yogis to come to the West. And her gurus told her, and part of her enlightenment process and her steps of becoming more evolved, said you can only eat living foods. I don't know where we got off in our culture that the enlightened path is easy. It takes some hard work to be on a spiritual path and evolve your soul. So she was only allowed to eat living foods. And I thought, how interesting if you could only eat living foods. Now, that's a serious challenge. 
something to be said for that. And I think the ancient texts speak well. We know fruits and vegetables are good for us. It's just our daily living and the support from our community is sometimes hard when we can't get fresh, healthy food. But with a consistent yoga practice, I've seen people actually change this. They start realizing, oh, I didn't feel well because I'm not hydrated. I'm not really drinking enough water. I've got more things that are acting like a diuretic in my body instead of actually supporting my body with hydration. And all of that can start to show up in your yoga practice. But weight loss is typically natural. Like, for instance, when I was practicing five days a week, five to six days a week, strong vinyasa practice when I was very young in my early 20s. And I needed to purify my diet, right? I was in my early 20s still learning how all this works, learning to cook, learning how to eat healthy. You know, I lived in the Dallas-Fort Worth area for several years. When I was younger, I started craving like fruits when I got out of, out of yoga class. I really wanted a smoothie, like a really just high vibrational smoothie like that was just sounding so good to me and I noticed that food was tasting sharper and clearer and even sweeter when I would do more yoga so like anything we just start to build a habit and those foods replace kind of the more what I call dead foods the non-living foods that are just kind of dead when they go in your body that don't you know give us a whole lot of benefit so all that to, to be said yes you can lose a lot of weight with yoga and part of it is this This habit-breaking method, part of it is, yes, it is physical. You will sweat out toxins through your skin. You will move and break up old patterns that need to leave, old stagnation in the body so energy and chi can run better through the body. You'll make wiser decisions. And just the caloric burn alone will help you burn fat. And I think that's a great way to come to yoga. I know it's a a huge benefit and side thing, but a lot of us do seek a an exercise program for that purpose. We're just not happy with how our body's functioning and how we're, how we're feeling. If I'm talking about the top, let's say five or 10 reasons I see people come to yoga, weight loss would be up there. Increased flexibility would be up there. I want to talk about another really big one that's very common is anxiety and depression. Yoga is fantastic for anxiety and depression. I can speak from my own personal experience dealing with anxiety and depression from a very young age. Yoga saved me. I I had no idea what true peace was till my very first Shavasana when I was 18 years old. 17 or 18, I can't remember. I might have been 17. It was first year in college. I just remember walking away going, oh my gosh, the monkey mind in my head is not running 90 miles an hour. Like I'm not my thoughts. I had peace and I never looked back. I was like, I have to move from my city when I leave because there wasn't really yoga here. We had like maybe a class or two at my college and someone was playing a recorded yoga class. It wasn't even really popular where I lived 20 years ago. So I left town and, and sought out yoga everywhere I left when I started my career as a financial planner. But you know, I had peace and I was like, that's what kept bringing me back to it. I was like, I'm not my thoughts. Why am I stressing out all the time? And I learned anxiety is basically living in the past or the future. If you live in the now moment, you can't really have anxiety. Now this is taking me, you know, 10, 15 years to really get my hands around mastering some level of anxiety. And I'm still human. I still may have moments of anxiety But I, by no means, am ran by anxiety or panic attacks anymore. That is a thing of the past. That would take a huge something to push me to that point again. 
Because over time you develop skills and yoga changes the neuroplasticity of your mind. You start creating different neural pathways in the body with different reactions, different responses. You break the habits and make new ones. So it's very powerful in lowering anxiety and stress responses. I think the breath work paired with the asana, you just can't, can't replace it. I think there's things that go on that science has not even had the tip of the iceberg yet of how yoga really works. But the great news is we are getting more articles on researching of stress and anxiety and the benefits of yoga and how that all goes together. And more and more is needed, but we're starting to kind of break ice there and get some good numbers, good solid proof that it helps. My advice though, if you're dealing with anxiety and depression is just go try it. Sometimes yoga can only be experienced. It can't be explained. But if you'll just go try it, <clears throat> take, give it 10 classes, 10 classes and do them, you know, within three, four weeks. Don't spread them out over months. That's not going to do any good. You know, if you only brush your teeth once a month, that's not going to do any good. Yoga is the same way. You, you know, you brush your teeth every morning. So even if you don't do a full asana, like a 60 minute you know, physical practice every day, still just doing a few deep breaths every day, taking a restorative shavasana every day, just imbuing yoga into your daily life. It, it works. It just culminates and it works. And the body starts to adjust and adapt to better habits and a higher level of living. But yeah, just go do it. Don't take my word for it. Seriously, go buy a new student special at your studio, whatever they have, and try it. Give it a good amount of time to try. And I think you will see some relief. I know I did pretty immediately when I first started this. Maybe in my top 10, another big one I hear a lot is, is joint pain, back pain, you know, physical pain. Yoga, huge help with all of this. Number one, just get moving. We're so sedentary. And if you go to yoga and start moving, it starts to unloosen those habits, the patterns, the chronic patterns of stress that are weaved throughout your body. In yoga, we have a word called nadis, and nadis are energy channels. Well, think of it this way. If you have to call a plumber because your pipes are clogged up and your sink is not rinsing, your garbage disposal is not working, you call a plumber to clear the pipes and energy starts to flow and then you restore the function to your kitchen. The body is very similar. We are beat up every day from environmental stress, mental stress, emotional stress, job stress, relationship stress. I mean, just living, taking care of kids, dogs, family, yourself, self-care is all very hard on us. And the energy channels get blocked and clogged just like the pipe. Asana or yoga practice with physical postures, that's the whole point. You go and practice to break up all the stuff in the pipes that are sticky and not letting you move and energy begins to flow. And I don't know of anyone really that ever walks away from a yoga class just absolutely regretting it that doesn't say they feel better when they leave. And it's because we're getting the energy flowing again. And we have to treat that just like we treat our bodies to a shower every day. We brush our teeth every day. We brush our hair every day. We have to treat our bodies, mind, body, and spirit that way, like a cleansing to get moving. But yes, it will totally help with back pain and joint pain. I have had several students over the years say, this is just amazing. This helps me. This helps me. 
And it's because of this movement. We're breaking up these deeper patterns, which is a really, really beautiful thing. Another strong reason to practice yoga is if you're dealing with sleep problems. I have a number of students that come to yoga dealing with insomnia and sleep. Let's talk nervous system for a minute, just very basic. Our nervous system is overloaded from, you know, the fake lighting we have, the LED screens, the phone time, the 5G networks, the overwhelming amount of information we're expected to know, digest, and gather. Our plates are so full from mom, spouse, daughter, mother, uh, employee, business owner, entrepreneur, dog care giver. Um, it's across the board. The amount of stress we have on our plates is immense. There's never been a more powerful time to practice yoga because the stimulation we experience in a day is incredible. Just walking outside, we hear a thousand things, not just Mother Nature who you know, supports us when we hear the birds sing and the Oh, I love, there's a certain tree that grows here. I can't remember the name, but I love the way the trees sound in the breeze. It's just like music chimes to my ear. And the breeze, you know, the wind, it's just beautiful sounds of nature. Well, all of that is covered up by cars, trucks, people, loud music. I mean, we just, it's very hard for us to find a place to totally let go of worldly stimulation. That's why you need yoga. Your nervous system is so bombarded with all of this, you cannot sleep because you don't have rest. Rest is very different from sleep, okay? Rest is not coming home, sitting in the recliner, grabbing your beer, turning on the TV, and eating your nachos. That's not rest. That is sensory deprivation. That's a shift of sensory you know, input to something else, you kind of like check out, but that's not rest. It's not true deep relaxation. Iyengar used to say Shavasana is the hardest pose. He, he said that 10 minutes of a good Shavasana should feel like eight hours of sleep. That's how relaxed you should be able to get. We do not experience that in modern day world, leaving our system overstimulated, bombarded, and you can't sleep. And we need a way of emptying this out, just like you would clean out your garage or clean out your closet. That's what yoga does. When you go to a yoga class, it's mind, body, and spirit. You're cleaning it out. You're restoring some sense of normal back to your nervous system so you can actually rest. And then good rest will promote good sleep. So even if you just turn the TV off and lay in bed every night for 10 minutes, just breathing, let your mind wander breathing. That little bit of rest will promote deep sleep and a consistent yoga practice will take a lot of the edge off, empty out the excess stimulation so that you can have good sleep. And I hear success stories all the time with yoga and sleep. I will end this conversation just saying yoga gives you peace of mind. You just have a better quality of life. Just like we started this entire conversation with, you want to feel good. You want to feel better. And it's worth the time you put into this practice. I guarantee you it will give you back time in your life because it will remove layers and layers of stress. You will feel better. Your mood will be better. Your light will be brighter. Things will just run smoother in your life as you practice. It really is just an amazing gift. And I'm so honored to have the opportunity to practice yoga in my lifetime. 
Where do you start? Hey, check out any of my classes online. I have beginner courses, the newcomer workshop. I have a beginner series followed by that. I have several classes, just any class. You can start with a slow flow, a flow, a restorative, whatever sparks your interest. The main thing is just try it. And like I told you, you need to give it 10 or 15 classes. You know, give it a good 40 days. 40 days is a magical number. Uh, 40 days it takes us to create a new habit. There's a lot of science behind the number 40. So give it some time. And that doesn't mean you have to do a hard physical practice every day. Maybe just start with two to three practices a week. And on the other days, take the restorative Shavasana. Take a restorative class. It's not as, you know, demanding from a physical perspective. Or do a few deep breaths every day and call that your yoga for the day. But the important thing is you just give it a chance, a strong chance, commit to it, and you won't regret it. Feel good, yogis.